you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're still finding Kevin this week out in Baraboo, Wisconsin. What's the weather like out there in Baraboo, Kevin? I hate the weather in Baraboo. Ever since I came here, uh, and, and really for, the, I'd say from the day I left camp, brother, it's been dark clouds every day and uh you know when you got something autoimmune going on and a little bit of arthritis it's just painful so it's it's not really that good weather i'll be honest with you but god's still good and i know above the clouds where where some of my kids fly with their pilot type stuff it's got to be nice up there i wish they'd come pick me up yeah everything's better above the clouds and uh Certainly there's, you know, you're in rain season, I guess. It starts here in South Carolina coming up, but I've been having to water my lawn. I mean, it's just been hot and sunny in a beautiful kind of way. I've only been home for a couple of days, but I mean, it's uh, uh, waking up in the morning, 70 degrees and windy, 65, going to the gym. That's right with God. I just want you to know that, brother. And no rain. And, and you know, the people at Starbucks, it's where everybody knows your name. I mean, things are going on good for me, brother. But I, I've made the revelation that I put on about 15 pounds since I've lost all my weight. I looked in the mirror the other day and said, stop it. So when I come back from Bemidji, Minnesota, I'm just going to have to hunker down. I'm going to have to give up the Starbucks. Uh, I'm going to hop into my tried and true program, and I'm going to just bop right back down there to that uh, where I need to go. But, folks, as we move forward, that's probably too much information for you guys. But uh, as we move forward, I do that sometimes. And I it may have been the marijuana when I was young. Don't believe anybody who says it doesn't do anything to you. But as we move forward, so, Kevin, I do remember this. Kevin is cranking along. He's he's popped four questions in a row on what's called 90 hard Bible trivia questions and answers. I'm throwing this list away after today. It's just, it it's, you know, I don't think it's hard enough. We need to step up a little bit for Kevin, I believe. But I think he's going to nail this right here for 100%. How many Psalms are in the book of Psalms, Kevin? 150. 150 for a total of 2,461 verses. And we talked about that in the beginning, being the longest book of the Bible. So I hope you guys got that question. Let us know how you're doing with that. Now, our word for the day. So we've been going through some tough words. We've talked about fear, death, belief, or believe. We've talked about resurrection yesterday. And today we find ourselves using the word mourning. And we've all been there. We've all had that grief, bereavement, that mourning, uh, dealing with the loss of somebody dealing with the loss of a relationship. I, I, I had a psychiatrist tell me one time that he believed, a Christian psychologist, uh, psychiatrist, he believed it was easier for a Christian to experience the death of a, of a spouse than it was to go through divorce. And so he was explaining how mourning hits that. But in this particular tense, I, I think we're talking about my intent of this and my purpose for this word is understanding that we're going to mourn for those we lose. We're going to hurt. There's going to be some tough days. And, and uh, we know blessed are they that mourn. We know that verse, for they shall be comforted from God. And, uh, but I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep 
that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. So God reminds us for those people who've accepted Christ, for us who believe in him, uh, there may be mourning, but it's not like the others. It's different. And, and then in a little while, as we move through the book of John and we continue on with the life of Christ, we, we came to the, the shortest verse in the Bible. I, I remember when I'd have kids in different kids groups and stuff when I was, uh, you know, before I was full-time in the ministry over the years when I was in the Army, I would always ask them to give me Bible verses. And invariably, Kevin, somebody would come up with that great morning verse that said, Jesus wept. Jesus wept, Kevin. Isn't that a wonderful thing? It is. It is. You know, our Lord is a man of sorrows and he is acquainted with grief. I love that, that whole verse there in Isaiah 53, he understands. And, um, and because he understands, you know, humanity since the fall of man, Jesus, by the way, he, he was the Lord of glory. He came to earth because of the fall of man. He had to go through our grief and our sorrow. He'd experience it in our place, the ultimate grief and sorrow of death and separation from God and suffering the, the horrible death on the cross and taking the blame for our sins. But his, his mourning that he suffered was because of our, you know, he took the shame about it. So, um, you know, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3, 4, there's a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. And so it, even the writer of Ecclesiastes, Solomon, in the in I think the backslidden state that he was, he was trying to get his life right with God, but um, he recognized there was a time for everything, and mourning is a, it's just something. It's a chapter that that humans go through. No one looks forward to it. I remember as a kid saying, man, uh, actually not as just a kid, but all the way through my twenties and thirties and forties thinking, man, I haven't lost any uncles yet. You know, someone from my parents' generation got both my parents, aunts and uncles all still around, you know, and, and that, that good situation, there was just a good juju there that was just set up to keep me, you know, happy. But I remember thinking, wouldn't it be terrible to have to mourn the loss of one of these people? Well, now, you know, it's 20 years later and I've lost a, a, a good number. I've lost one of my parents. I've lost uh, a, a few, uh, you know, aunts, uncles type of thing. And that that is so difficult to deal with because, you, you know, mourning the loss, you're, you're saying the thing that I feared has come upon me. But you know, the wonderful thing is God says, there's a time to do that. And you know what? It's going to turn back into a time to dance. You're going to be excited. You're going to be jumping up and down with joy. You're going to, there's going to be a time where in the big scope of things, God's going to show up and there's going to be just like a, a bunch of stuff. It'll never erase the the memory of that person you love, but it's going to, you, you, I'm going to land on my feet, Doug. I'm going to be happy again. Yeah. You know, and I, I like what you're saying. And, and the sad thing is we do lose. The sad thing is your parents' generation are all but gone as are mine. And, uh, I don't believe I have any aunts or uncles left on either side of the family and, and my parents are, are gone. And, and you know, there, there's a reality that comes with mourning and grief. And I think it's forever. 
You know, you never get over losing yeah. somebody, but, but God heals you and teaches you how to go through and deal with that loss and suffering you've been through. And God makes you whole again, even though a piece of your heart, you know, may go with you to heaven or a piece of your heart may, you know, your heart's broken and you go through it. But I'm, I'm here to let you know that we serve a great God and precious in the sight uh, of the Lord or the death of his saints. And I'm not sure where that verse is from. I think it's Psalm once there it is Psalm 116 precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Sorry, I quoted that wrong, but so much truth to understand those who've accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and savior, those who trust in Christ, they're precious in the sight of the Lord when they come in. When uh, uh, there's when they get to heaven and and on this side we grieve as Kevin says we we know how fortunate we are but we also know that there's two things we're sure of birth and death and uh, and and we're sure that Jesus Christ saves souls and we're sure that those who accept Him uh, are precious in the sight and uh, we find ourselves continuing on with the. Uh, the life of Christ. We find ourselves in the book of John chapter 11, starting in verse 28. And, and, and when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly saying, the master is come and calleth for thee. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came on to him. Even in her shyness, Kevin, she, she got up. Hey, when Christ calls, you move out. Now Jesus was not yet come into town, but there was in the place where Martha met him. The Jews then, which were with her in the house, comforted her when they saw Mary that rose up hastily and went out and followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto the Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Oh, what a bond. What a, you know, there she is back at Christ's feet. She knows Christ's feet well. She washed them. She wiped them with her hair. She oiled them, and she just fell to his feet again, just totally uh, being subservient, knowing that that's her Lord, and she's not. And and uh, what, an, what a response that Mary gives. What a response. You know, Jesus is calling for her. She jumps up in her sadness and her mourning. She takes off in the middle of her grief, but she was so eager to be in the presence of God. She was so eager to go to him. And in my mind, over and over again, where do you go for comfort? Where do you go for guidance? Where do you go when the world's upside down? Where do you go uh, when somebody from your parents' generation, someone from your family, someone from your life, you go to Christ, you go to him for comfort, you go to him for guidance, you and you know there there's people at the house and they're they're hanging out and they have an expectation of mourning some some were professional mourners were told you know they would just come hang out with people when people died but but man they said oh she's going to the grave she's going back she's still mourning and uh, she goes out and sees her savior and we'll be right back to talk about that hang with us for a second thank you Doug will return shortly Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. Wow. 
as we move forward. I, I mean, there's so much going on, but one thing that came to my mind, Kevin, as I was reading about Mary, she said the same thing that Martha said. She, right, if you had been here, Lord, if you had been here, she stops her statement there. She's running to Christ. People from the house are following us. It's so important that we run to Christ. It's so important. People follow us. People come with us. When the grief comes, when the morning comes, when life is upside down, run to Christ. People will follow you. Yes. You know, in grief, you have to offload. There's got to be a, a pressure vent. And we who know the Lord, don't let's not forget, Jesus is a pressure vent for us. I mean, he's there. He's strong enough to lean on. We can go to him and blow up and blow off. Uh, he's got big shoulders. He can take it. And we can say, Lord, if you had been here, well, where were you? Where were you? know, I, I, I've done that to the Lord. I've done that to the Lord. We talked about mourning. I mean, I remember a deep, deep, deep mourning. In fact, the, there was a scripture on my mind that um, that was going through my mind several years ago, like six years ago. And it said um, it was where God, Ezekiel was told by the Lord, um, son of man, I take away from thee the desire of thine eyes with a stroke, yet neither shalt thou mourn nor weep, neither shalt thy tears run down. Forbear to cry, make no mourning for the dead. So, you know, and so I spake unto the people in the morning and at evening and at eve, my, even my wife died and I did in the morning as I was commanded. I remember reading that and it was just on my heart quite heavily. And, you know, I went through something similar to that, um, closely aligned and, you know, you just lose someone very close to you. And now, Ezekiel, just for the record, Ezekiel was in a time of national destruction. And Ezekiel was told, do not mourn because it's battlefield time. When you lose your best buddy on the battlefield, you, you mourn later. And so he had to defer Ezekiel like a, a commander on the battlefield, had to defer his mourning, had to defer his grief. And so the Lord does care about our mourning. And and with, in, with our story of Lazarus, dying. It's just so tender and so precious that the Lord called for this one that was sitting home in resentment. And, and she went out and again, in, in her own way said, Lord, where were you? Where were you? And if we can say that to God, and then having said that, let the, let the, let the frustration of our heart fall at the feet of Jesus in abject surrender saying, Lord, I don't know why. I don't know why, but I have nothing left but you take what's left. And, and if you're desirous, make it into something again, again, Jeremiah 18. So he made it again, another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it Lord. My life is wrecked. Would you take something that's left of it? And the Lord's, I think the Lord's very tender as we're going to see in the next episode, I think, where he, he weeps over this kind of thing. He is, he's taking her tears very seriously and, and making them his own. And it's, it's just going to get, it's just going to get wonderful. The healing power of God when we're going, when we've lost the nearest and the dearest Doug to us, yeah. um, that's the Lord's heart. Yeah. Man, I'm telling you, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to some way process this in a way 
that equates to me today and, and equates to all of you and, and what Kevin just did, the nearest and dearest, and, and taking that even a step farther in the worst of times. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, Kevin, there's, there's uh, fewer things in our life that hurt more than a death. There's fewer things in our life. I don't think there's any. And yet in the worst of times, God's reminding us there's one place to go, and that's to Jesus. In the worst of times, God's reminding us where there's an empty hole inside of you, where there's a piece of your heart missing. Jesus can fill that. In the worst yeah. of times when these two sisters and they go by in the standard time frame they've been taught their whole time by the Jews and in three days the soul's gone. In three days it's all said and done. In three days the Jews bury their people or get them in the tomb as fast as they can. So uh, thinking that their soul will be able to move quicker and, and all those things. And here's Mary and Martha they got by that three day point. Here's Mary and Martha. The people are by the house. Here's Mary and Martha. There's more casseroles on their uh, countertops than you can shake a stick at. And there's the smell of flowers and plants that you brought home. And then the, the flowers you've left outside the tomb or whatever the expression at that time was. And, and the people stopping by and reading scripture to you. And, and, and certainly, uh, you know, the memorization that's going on, you're hurting, you're bad, you're terrible, you're crying. Uh, tears are your constant friend. Uh, your life's upside down in that time you need a friend and that friend is Jesus Christ and in that time you need to fill your emptiness and you have to do that with Christ and so folks I what I'm trying to say is that kind of what Kevin just said is in our worst times in the hard times in the empty times when when it's just us it's never just us there's Christ and he's with us Kevin amen amen boy there's there's a God at work in in the life of someone that's just lost someone. I talked to someone recently whose uh, spouse cut out, their wife cut out, and, they, uh, and, and she left, in his case, for another guy. Mm. So, you know, there's all the stages of grief. But like you said earlier, a divorce is, is probably usually worse than um, – worse than the death of a spouse, especially desertion, right? Because someone leaves and dies, you're left alone, bereaved, but now someone's left, but they're still alive. So there's all this funky communication or lack of communication. Anyway, there's just, there's just difficulties associated with this. That just is without Jesus Christ, showing up and making it all better and, and weeping with, with us and saying, this is horrible. This is not my design. This is not uh, something that pleases me, but you know, what pleases me is the fact that you're coming to me when I called and you're rising up out of your extreme resentment and contemplative why. And, uh, and you're saying, you know what, all I know is I've got to get to Jesus. That's all I know. And uh, I can say from personal experience that Jesus does meet us in a very special way at those times like he meets us no other time. Yeah. I had a friend of mine tell me one day on the phone, he said, just having to walk this earth and know there's a human being that woke up next to me for decades, 800 miles down the road that wants nothing to do with me, kills me.
or and, and boy, you need Christ during that time to be consoled and you know, and just knowing that somebody I was thinking the other day I read this story. I was out on uh, Facebook and a friend of mine, Tom Patterson, had been a missionary money one many years with Fellowship Track League for a short while with me at Armed Forces Baptist Missions when I was with them back in the day and and I read that Tom had a knee replacement surgery which looks like led to a heart attack, which led to a stroke. And he never came to. And I remember reading this story, and I, Debbie and I have been married uh, 40 years last week, so or two weeks from now. That's right, two weeks from now. And um, we've been married 40 years, and I, I read about uh, Tom and Danette, and they've been married 41 years. And I thought about, wow, you know, here's Tom going to heaven and Danette, and they have a special needs child, Samuel, at home. And, and uh, boy, without Christ, without Christ, I don't know how we do it. Without Christ, do we end up in the bars? Without Christ, do we end up on the yeah. drugs? Without Christ, do we end yep. up uh, on the you know you know uh, written in a newspaper somewhere? Without Christ, we go crazy. Without Christ, we run from everything. Without Christ, but with Christ, folks, Mary and Martha had Christ. And you've got that decision now today. Remember that question we we keep bringing that one question up that Christ asks. Uh, do you believe this? Do you believe in this? Is is this something you believe in? Believest thou this, I think is what the Bible said. I'm going to put it in 2023, Doug, terms. Do you believe in Christ? Because if you do, my friend Tom was resurrected the other day to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Precious in the sight. Uh, in the sight of God. Uh, uh, I don't know. I can't remember the verse, but basically. Yeah. If it it's is the death of his saints. Yeah. Death of his saints. Folks, we love you. Precious. Do you believe that? Hey, we look forward to coming back Monday and being with you folks. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.